Coming up on today's Locked On Bucks, we uh, rehash some of the numbers from another dominant performance in the clutch. Damian Lillard, especially just how absurd his numbers have been in the final five minutes of games so far this season. Are we seeing enough growth from the Bucs? We'll take a look at some of those defensive metrics that we've seen for the last couple of weeks. We'll also take a look ahead to tonight's matchup, another border battle with the Chicago Bulls in yet another get-right game, hopefully, this season. And finally, everything we know about the in-season tournament, everything you need to know about the in-season tournament. We'll give you all that information coming up after this on Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the Bucks Radio Network on uh, WTMJ in Milwaukee as well. No Camille Davis today as uh, she's out on assignment, but Camille and Frank will be back later on this evening and tomorrow morning with your post-game recap against the Chicago Bulls. We thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also viewable on YouTube now as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. So we saw more dominance from the Bucks in the clutch. I know Frank and Camille talked about it at length uh, earlier today, yesterday, on that post-game recap, but it's starting to become absurd what the Bucks have done in the clutch so far this season. Uh, their defense and offense, third best defense in the league in the clutch. Offense is best in the league, better than the Dallas Mavericks, better than the Indiana Pacers. And both of those teams are off to historic starts so far this season. Look, whoever finishes with the top offense in the league this year is going to have the best offense in the history of the league. And we're in a stretch for the last four or so years where we've said that every year. And we're going to continue to say that for the next few years with the way this league is set up and the advantages that offensive have, how much growth we've seen from the offensive side of the game. You're in that spot where every time uh, you have a team that leads the league in offense, they're going to have the highest offense in the history of the league. But that's the company the Bucs have kept with their clutch play so far this season. And I think it's worth pointing out, we've talked at length about the struggles the Bucs have really had to open up games. Uh, their shooting percentage, their offense, true shooting is something that we point to a lot. All of those metrics, they're not good for the Bucs in the opening quarter. And defense as well, it has not been a pretty defensive effort that this team has put forth over the course of this full season. We're already about a quarter of the way uh, there, believe it or not, but it hasn't been good in the opening quarter. It's been a much different story in the fourth quarter where the Bucs have seemingly come to life. They've been much better on both sides of the ball and especially in the clutch in those numbers that we just pointed out where they rank when it matters most. And I think it's a couple of things that contribute to that. Uh, number one, we've, you know, kind of seen this already in the past. And I keep going back to the 2021 season when there was a lot of change. We talk about the change this team has gone through this season and is continuing to go through. But 2021 brought a lot of change as well. Now, John Horst said in the offseason this year, this is the most change that he has been through. In 2021, 50% of your roster was new. You didn't have a new coach, 
but you had uh, you know big pieces that you were leaning on that were new. When you think about the bench pieces, Bobby Portis was new that season. They remade the entire second unit. It didn't last because some of those guys were shipped out or at least one in DJ Augustine to help you bring in PJ Tucker, but that was another change that you had. And of course, oh, by the way, Drew Holiday and the changes that Drew Holiday brought with him. That year, I've mentioned this a number of times, it took, and I, I don't think there's a be-all, end-all of, well, it took this long then, so it's going to take this long again, but it's just for a point of reference. That year, it took until the All-Star break. It was that final game the Bucks played um, against the Memphis Grizzlies going into the All-Star break where, if you recall, Drew Holiday had the game-winning shot. That was part of a stretch where it seemed like, okay, this team is starting to round the corner now, and this is looking more and more like the team I envisioned seeing. And remember, that was a 72-game season. Uh, the All-Star break wasn't until, I believe, early February, or excuse me, early March, uh, but the Bucks beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Coming out of the All-Star break is when they went on that win streak. So they won the, their first seven out of the All-Star break, eight-game win streak all told, including that winner against the Grizzlies heading in there. That's when it felt like now this team has, has really found their groove. And it, you know, it should be pointed out as well, um, they had a five-game win streak going basically into that game against the Grizzlies. You lost to the Denver Nuggets. The Bucs have lost to the Denver Nuggets quite a bit the last few years. But after that loss, or prior to that loss, I should say, five-game win streak, you lose to the Nuggets, and then an eight-game win streak. That was the time where it felt like this team is rounding into form. This is what I expected to see from the Bucs. And now they're here. That was about 40, 45 games into the season that that started to pile up. You're halfway there, right? You're at 18 games right now. So you're basically halfway um, to that mark. And again, every season is different. Every player, every team is different in what it takes for you to develop that chemistry and grow. It's comparable in that there was a lot of change. 40% of your starting lineup is new this season. 50% of your roster overall was new that season. Your point guard is new and, and, and how much you're leaning on him. Granted, on different sides of the ball in 2021 versus uh, this season with Dame, although you did ask a decent amount of Drew Holiday offensively as well. So I just think we got to give it more time. And I, I get the frustration over you should not be down 26 to the Portland Trailblazers. It shouldn't have to be a clutch win against teams like the Washington Wizards. And you would think against a Miami Heat team that's playing without Tyler Hero and without Jimmy Butler. But we saw a lot of those types of losses in 2021 as well when this team was still struggling to find their way. Think about that weekend where the Bucs um, were blown out by the Charlotte Hornets and, and, and the Houston Rockets. Maybe not blown out, but gave up a lot of threes and looked lost defensively. It took time. Now, granted, the, the safety net you had was you knew Drew Holiday's a very good defender, and sooner or later this is going to start to make sense and this is going to look like what we expect. But I do think what you've seen in the fourth quarter and what you've seen in the clutch is enough of a sign to feel the same way there as well. And, and Griff talked about this once again after the game uh, against the Miami Heat, saying, you know, we just get more comfortable as the game progresses. And the one thing that we have heard Adrian Griffin say quite a bit this season is fourth quarter has to be your best quarter. It has to be when you're at your best. And the last five minutes of that game is extremely critical. So that is clearly something that has been emphasized, a point of emphasis for this Bucks team. 
And you see it with the way that they play down the stretch. I think that's a part of it, that there's this emphasis placed on, look, we got to be at our best here. As long as we can hang around, we know we got Damian Lillard that'll take us a long way. We feel like Chris Middleton can do the same as well on the offensive end. We've seen Giannis look better down the stretch. He hit his last eight free throws in that game against the Miami Heat. So we have all these pieces we believe in offensively. We just, we got to stay there. Keep us in the game. The offense can take us from there. And we feel like guys like Giannis and Brooke Lopez, certainly this group, Pat Connaughton, who, who we're still waiting to see what his status is for the Bulls game. But Pat Connaughton, all these guys have been in these spots. They know what it takes. They know how to get the job done defensively. We can lean on that in the fourth quarter. And you know, the last thing, too, I think is it just takes time when, when you're doing some of the things the Bucs are doing. We've seen a lot more switching, something that the, the Bucs haven't ignored the last few years. But again, I'm going to look back at 2021 and, and say, think about the switching process that year and how it did not look great. It took time because that's what switching does. It takes more time and more reps before you really look like you're not lost and know what you're doing. And it may not have been the, the 40 or 45 games that we talked about for the team overall looking like they were rounding the corner, but it took time in 2021. And I think that's more of what you're seeing here as well in that it just takes those reps. The more the Bucs do it throughout the course of the game, the better it looks. And that's a big part of why I think they've looked much better in the fourth quarter and especially in those clutch situations in the fourth quarter when this team has just been a much, much different team so far this season. I do want to mention some of those numbers that Damian Lillard has put up in the clutch because it is absolutely absurd what Damian Lillard has done in those spots so far this season. We'll dive into the eye-popping numbers and take a look at that injury report and the matchup with the Chicago Bulls coming up after the break. Before we do that, though, I do have to tell you about game time. So you heard me talk about my experience over the summer in Detroit. I used game time for that. But I was in town for SummerSlam and I wanted to take in a Detroit Tigers game, see everything Detroit had to offer. I used the GameTime app for that because it was the easiest app I could find. Gave me no worries. I could see where my seats were going to be. In the case of that Tigers game, it was absolute last minute. It was the day of SummerSlam. I still wanted to go there, see if I could squeeze in both events. I waited until the last, last possible moment and I did it easily with help with the help of GameTime through their app. So use game time if you're looking for killer last minute deals. Again, those views that you can see from your seat anywhere throughout the venue, they have a best price guarantee. It takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you're a last minute shopper, you're looking for flash deals, zone deals. If you have a specific type of seat that you're looking for, you can filter for those on the game time app as well. I mentioned you can see views from the seat. It's everything you need to put your mind at ease and get the best deal out there. Last minute, doesn't matter. You can buy in advance. You can buy the day of. You can buy an hour before the event, and you're still going to get the same killer deal from game time. It is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Again, exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals, tickets for football, basketball, baseball games like I used, concerts as well. Comedy, theater, everything you need a ticket for, Game Time has you covered. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Game Time guarantee means you'll always have the best price guaranteed. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% 
of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. But again, create an account and redeem the code locked on NBA. I'll spell it out for you. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. Use that code for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. So Damian Lillard. What Damian Lillard has done so far this season in the clutch is absolutely absurd. 65 points scored already in clutch situations this season. That is the most in the NBA, as uh, Camille and Frank, and we've all talked about, not just in the last couple of days, it's been all season long when we've seen Damian Lillard happen. In games Damian Lillard has played in, the Bucs uh, are 8-1 and one in those clutch games. Bucks have lost two games in the clutch so far this season. One of them Damian Lillard missed. The other one that Damian Lillard, the one blemish that he has uh, on his record is that game against the Boston Celtics where, frankly, the Bucs were really only in a position to potentially steal that game because of Damian Lillard. So that's how incredible he has been this season, 14 points better than the second best scorer in the clutch this season. And he has scored 16% of his points this season in the clutch, that is not normal. The career average for Damian Lillard, and this is no scientific average, just going through the last few years, on average, it has been about 5 to 6% of his points scored have come in those clutch situations. Last season with the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard scored 86 points in the clutch. Now, it's not a perfect comparison given where Portland was. Uh, in the standings, how Damian Lillard was used down the stretch. But the best that we saw Damian Lillard in the clutch came in the 2016-17 season, I believe it was, when he was just under 190 points that he scored in the clutch. That was 45 games, roughly, that he did that. Last year's leader was De'Aaron Fox, who scored just under 200 points in the clutch. So Damian Lillard, through nine games now, is basically on pace to shatter not only his best, not only what we saw the best being last year, but I believe, and I I don't have this confirmed, I believe since the league started tracking this, LeBron James has scored the most points in a single season in the clutch, and that was uh, 2006 or 2007. It was one of his early Cleveland Cavaliers years, and it was just under 250 points that he scored in the clutch. Damian Lillard is on pace to move past that right now, that he's already up to 65 points, and he is, uh, what, less than a quarter of the way to that, assuming he would get 40, 45 games, roughly, of clutch play under his belt. Multiply what he's done now by five, we'll say. And Damian Lillard is on pace for over 300 points in the clutch if that pops up. So that's how absurd he has been. That's a big reason why. Uh, the Bucks have been so good offensively in the clutch, the best offense in the league in clutch situations, third best defense. Damian Lillard goes a long way there. It's not just Damian Lillard scoring. It's everything. It's the mentality that Damian Lillard brings with him in those moments. We heard Giannis talk about it over the weekend and that we all knew the legend of Dame. We knew he was good at this, but it wasn't until the first couple of games that you experienced it, being on the floor with him and got to see it in real time, first person of, Oh, that's how good 
he is at this. And I, I think that carries through to your teammates as well to know we have this ultimate safety net in Damian Lillard for a team that struggled immensely executing and scoring in those spots in the past, not just last season, 2021, as good as that championship run was, they did just enough offensively. And the funny thing is that's what we're asking of the defense this year. Just do just enough defensively. Keep us in these games, do just enough, and our offense will take us there. It was the opposite in 2021. They did just enough offensively, hit just enough shots. Chris Middleton hit a lot of those shots, but the defense took them home. If if you guys can keep up some of this scoring, we'll get the stops as we need. And now it's going to be um, the inverse, but that's the effect that Damian Lillard brings, that he brings that confidence, his ability to get to the free throw line, what that does freeing up Giannis too, that it, it allows him to put a little more out there on the defensive end of the floor. That's been huge for this team. And I think that's a big reason for what we have seen so far in the clutch from this Bucks team, offensively and defensively. Because as I mentioned, this isn't just Damian Lillard's offense carrying this team to a dominant performance in the clutch right now. It's been on both ends of the floor that the Bucks have been that good so far this season. And look, against the Chicago Bulls, we said you, you you didn't want to have to come back from down 26 against the Blazers. You didn't want to have to be in a, a clutch game against them. Same for the Wizards. It's certainly going to be the same for the Chicago Bulls. But we've already seen this a number of times this season. More than half of the Bucks games played already have been played in the clutch, have had those moments. So this team is building up those reps and figuring out how to win games that helps galvanize a group. I know it sounds like coach speak, and it's, it sounds like you're just speaking the generalities and cliches, but that does help galvanize a group and helps a team grow together and develop that chemistry when you learn how to win together. And uh, that's what we've seen so far from the Bucks early on in this season. When we come back from the break, I do want to talk about the Chicago Bulls matchup, the latest on the injury report for the Bucks. I don't. I, we do have the update on Pat Connaughton, the news. Not surprising, so we'll get into that. And I mentioned everything that uh, we know right now about this uh, in-season tournament and group play that starts Tuesday night at Fiserv Forum for the Bucks against the uh, the New York Knicks. So we'll give you the details on uh, all of that as well. But uh, we'll do that after we tell you about FanDuel. There is uh, no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel. As the weather gets colder. NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. $150. You heard me right. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. You've got a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. Again, that address, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So I mentioned the injury report update for the uh, the Bucks. It is not surprising. Uh, Pat Connaughton is out with that right ankle sprain and Every injury, every ankle injury, every injury period is is different. So it's not, well, this player had this, therefore it will be this. Um, but Marjan Beauchamp did miss about a week. Same for uh, Chris Livingston. So Pat Connaughton's, look, just based on his reaction, 
it, it looked pretty bad. Uh, not quite as as bad as we saw Marjan just immediately limping off the floor into the locker room. Pat Connaughton was able to stay on the floor thanks to a mistake by the Miami Heat, uh, but did not return at all in the second half. So I, I think especially with it being early in the season, you're going to see Pat Connaughton out for a little bit and, and possibly even through this in-season tournament, which would be a shame because now the Bucks are already thin on the uh, perimeter with no Jay Crowder. Chris Middleton, we thought, may still be out as well. He did come back. We've seen the minutes increase for Chris, uh, but you do wonder what that means as well. If, if you're going to try to to manage his minutes a little bit more here and not put too much on his plate just yet, but you would have to assume we've already seen some A.J. Green minutes the last couple of games. It might mean more, and I know a lot of Bucks fans want this to be the, the case. It may mean more for Andre Jackson Jr., who just continues to me to make plays whenever he's on the floor. I've, I've always mentioned previous coaching regime and staff, Mike Budenholzer used to always say when talking about young players, I think we heard it a lot with Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson as well, but you'd always hear make winning plays without scoring the basketball. If you can do that, you can find some minutes and you can stay on the floor I think we've seen Andre Jackson Jr. do that, and and we mentioned make winning plays without scoring the basketball when he did score against the Miami Heat with a pair of three-pointers. And again, not to get lost in the shuffle, those were big shots from Andre Jackson. So uh, I would assume if Pat Connaughton's going to be out, let's say, a week or so, Marjan Beauchamp, Andre Jackson Jr., we've seen A.J. Green, the Bucs are in a better spot now than they've been in the past with these young guys. And that's the other part of of the whole Adrian Griffin hire, too, is this is a guy that has a track record of developing young talent. And and certainly Jimmy Butler is the guy that people will point to the most. Some of the guys that came through in Toronto as well. When you think about Fred Van Vliet, when you think about a Pascal Siakam, to a lesser extent, a guy like a Scotty Barnes, um, too. But Adrian Griffin has that reputation as a guy that really helps develop that young talent. And I'm not trying to put... Andre Jackson Jr. or Marjan Beauchamp on that same level. But that's nice to have some of those young guys that you see something in. Say, okay, let's let's maximize that, pull the most out of that, and continue to develop this guy to become a big piece of our team. Because that's the message we've heard from Griff all along, that you know, I don't know when it is. And he said this at least two or three times now uh, in some of his post-game and pre-game press conferences. I don't know when it is, but I do know that uh, Andre Jackson, Dre, is going to be a big part of our team. The minutes he's getting, it's it's great experience. So so before that heat game, he's an intricate part of what we're trying to do on the defensive end. It's great experience for him. He's guarding the toughest player on the opposing team. He's done a tremendous job. We just want him to get reps so he can get better. He's given us energy and effort. He has a bright future, but you also have to help him get there by giving him some of those minutes and some of those experiences. Uh, on the floor. And he's mentioned a couple of times. I don't know when it is. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year. He's going to be a big part of this group and what we do going forward. And again, this is a guy that's that's done a good job. Not to say it's all Adrian Griffin, because Jimmy Butler had a big, big piece to do with that as well. Same with those Toronto guys. Uh, but this is a guy that has a knack for uh, for developing young talent. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, that's uh, the team, his team you just played. And when Griff was in Chicago, that's where he worked with Jimmy Butler and that development of Jimmy Butler. Chicago is who you have next. So you know you won't have Pat Connaughton. Nobody else, none of the major names on the injury report. You know 
that Jay Crowder is out. Other than that, it's your G League guys, your two-way contracts that have been assigned to the Wisconsin herd. Those are the players that will be out for the Bucs in that game uh, against, and Chris Livington as well. Not a two-way contract, but he's with the Wisconsin herd. Those are the players that will be out against the Bulls. For the Bulls, um, it sounds like a lot of game time decisions. And again, this is why we call it a get-right game. This is a game you, you need to win, right? You need to continue to see the growth. You need to continue to see those steps forward and building upon all those things we touched on. Bucks have been the best rebounding team in the league for the last week, game starting November 20th. I know it's a small sample size. I know you played teams that weren't good rebounding teams, but that didn't prevent the Bucs from being a poor rebounding team earlier in the season. So it's at least a step forward that you're showing that growth there. We talked about how this defense, by the numbers, it may not be great, but it's it's been improving since that November 3rd date and, uh, and same for the offense. So this is a get-right game because you look to do more of the same. Continue to flex some of that muscle, rebounding the basketball, boosting that offense, and defensively um, as well because it's a Bulls team – We've, we've already previewed them once before. They're not a good three-point shooting team in the bottom 10 in makes, attempts, and percentage. They are not a good rebounding team uh, either, especially on the defensive end. So we've seen some strides from the Bucks, both on the defensive and offensive glass, but now is the time that you really, really need to see some more, some more of that growth continuing. So that'll be a big thing to uh, keep an eye on in this game. And again, hopefully, as fun as it is, exhilarating as it is to win some of these clutch games, and as good as it is to see Damian Lillard pad those stats in the clutch, you don't have to have every game be, be a clutch game for the Bucs. So that part would be nice as well. And I mentioned a game-time decision or a lot of them for the Bulls. Obviously, Lonzo Ball is out recovering from that left knee surgery. But Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, they are all listed as questionable. A toe strain for Caruso. He's already missed a decent amount of time with that this season. DeMar DeRozan dealing with an ankle sprain and Zach Levine with foot soreness. Um, Here's the other thing. We're about two weeks away from a high percentage of the NBA contracts becoming tradable. You don't typically see a lot of trades around this time of year. That's a big reason why. And also, you either do it over the summer or you do it in the lead up to the uh, trade deadline. Uh, But with right foot soreness, you do wonder if the Bulls are just going to be extra cautious with Zach Levine in order for them to uh, to not risk any type of injury or absence. So when the time comes, because I think at this point, it does seem like a foregone conclusion. When the time comes, whether that's the, the December 15th date where contracts, more of them become movable, whatever it is, that you're able to to start to get some things back. So um, keep an eye on all those game time decisions, essentially, for the Bulls. But it's going to be a 7 o'clock tip-off tomorrow night in Chicago. And if you're by a radio, 6.30 is when uh, our pregame coverage on the Bucks Radio Network with myself and Dave Kane uh, begins. So we encourage you to uh, join us for that. In-season tournament. I do want to get to that before we wrap up here. So what we know is this. Bucks host the Knicks on Tuesday. Tickets are on sale. And they're moving fast, as Dustin Godsey, the uh, chief marketing officer for the Bucks, said. Um, so if you are interested in getting there and being a part in the historical event that is the first ever quarterfinals game played at Pfizer Forum, if you're interested, get your tickets now because they're moving fast. And uh, I do know the Bucks have a lot of special things planned for, um, for game presentation that day as well. So if the Bucks win, let's hope, if they win, they will take on the winner 
of the Boston Celtics-Indiana Pacers game. That game will be played in Vegas. So what we know is this. Bucks and Knicks play Tuesday in Milwaukee. Celtics and Pacers play uh, in Indianapolis on Monday. So that's one of your Monday matchups. The winners play each other in Vegas. So the semifinals and finals will be played in Las Vegas. And the two game times on Thursday, uh, what, December 7th, your two game times are 4 p.m. Central Time and 8 p.m. Now, I think, and I was guilty of this too. I think a lot of us would assume, hey, if the Bucks win, they're going to be playing at 4 o'clock because the Western Conference team or teams, that'll be your 8 o'clock matchup. Not so fast. The league is prioritizing matchups. So the Bucks playing on Tuesday, the reason for that, you have the Bucks and the Knicks as your first game because the only games played Monday and Tuesday are quarterfinal games. Bucks and Knicks is your first game. Lakers and Suns is your late game. The league prioritized the two best matchups for Tuesday, knowing you're still going up against Monday night football with the other two matchups. So that's why the Bucks and the Knicks uh, are on Tuesday along with the Lakers Suns because that was deemed the better matchup in the Eastern Conference. And same is going to happen on Thursday in your semifinals that the league is prioritizing that 8 p.m. tip-off for whatever game is deemed the best matchup. So very much TBD. Now I mentioned if the Bucks lose, they will play the loser of the Pacers-Celtics game. That game will be played on Friday, December 8th. So if the Bucks lose and the Indiana Pacers also lose, the Bucks will host the Pacers on Friday, presumably at 7 o'clock. If the Celtics lose to the Pacers and the Bucks also lose, the Bucks will go to Boston and play the Celtics on the road on Friday night. So in other words, if you lose and the Pacers also lose, the Bucks are going to play 42 home games this season. Uh, versus the traditional 41. So that's another interesting wrinkle into this in-season tournament. And the other interesting part is they now are going to play a couple of opponents outside of their division five times. So the the Knicks game, this will be the fifth time. We're not, this won't be the fifth, but this will bring you to five times that you play the Knicks this season because you already had four scheduled. And now you add one more. Same will be said for whoever loses between the Pacers and the Celtics. The Bucs already play each of those teams four times, so you'll play five against those teams as well, which is going to be big once you get towards the end of the season for playoff seeding because you'll just be able to to lean on head-to-head for a tiebreaker now with five games played, whether it's the Bucs and the Celtics fighting it out for the top seed. Maybe it's the Bucs and the Knicks for the two or the three seed or or even the Bucs and the Pacers, for that matter, um, right now for a divisional crown. Five times that that you will have played that team, so that will be your um, your tiebreaker. And also, lost in the shuffle, not only the Bucks winning to advance to the quarterfinals, they clinched the season series against the Miami Heat with that victory uh, in Miami. So you play Miami three times this season, and you've already won two of them. So um, these are the other big things that are kind of the ripple effects from this in-season tournament. But uh, now you got the weird part, too, where you got to wait until next week. You still got two games to be played between now and the start of the knockout portion of that in-season tournament starting on Tuesday. So again, Frank and Camille will have you with your post game for the Bucks and the Chicago Bulls later on uh, this evening slash 
tomorrow morning. And if anything else pops or breaks, hopefully not pops, bad choice of words there when we're talking about injuries. Uh, but if anything else comes up uh, over the weekend, we will uh, add on to the additional podcast and get you up to speed on that. Otherwise, a lot of in-season tournament previews and predictions and chatter that we got in store for you next week on the show. Uh, Frank and Camille, have you later on this evening to recap, hopefully, yet another Bucks win as they march towards the in-season tournament, hopefully Vegas as well, recapping the Bucks and the Bulls. Talk to you uh, tomorrow with a lot more Locked on Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia. <laughs> awkward transition and awkward end here. It's as, as if I've never talked uh, on any platform like this before. But Frank and Camille have you tomorrow. Long story short, we'll talk to you again next time on Locked on Bucks.